We're in a series called Continue, and uh, we're going through the book of 1 Peter. And uh, it's been really amazing uh, for me. I don't know about you. Um, we're on different sides of this. But for me, it's been amazing to go through this uh, book chapter by chapter and, and see what Peter had to say. And there's many similarities that we have from this book that we can take into our own lives today that uh, Peter was writing to the church and to uh, multiple churches that were dispersed over uh, Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey. And so he's writing to the church, and he's writing to the church who's in the middle of immense pressure. Um, the, 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 the church is set in, in ancient, during the ancient Roman Empire, and this ancient Roman Empire was a super power. They had the largest uh, military. It had the greatest economy. It was full of ideas and ideologies and cultures, and it was this mecca for culture. And all at the same time, it is imploding from the inside out. It's like a, a case study for America today that there's all these ideas and all these ways and cultures and one people are saying, let's do it this way and somebody else is saying, no, we got to do it this way and no, this is the right way. And in the middle of it all was a group of people called Christians, but they weren't known as Christians then. They were known as the way. And it's a group of people who in the middle of immense pressure, in the middle of, 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 of persecution, are trying to follow the ways of Jesus and do what Jesus asked them to do. And, and Peter is writing to the church, and he's saying, continue. You can do it. I know it's hard right now, and I know that you're facing storms and trials and pain. I know it. But listen, Peter's saying, I've walked with Jesus. I've, I've had a, a, an eyewitness account that, that there is hope in Jesus, that there is healing in Jesus. There is real life in Jesus. You just need to continue, continue, endure. And Peter's writing, and Week one, he, he, he reminded us of the living hope that we have in Jesus. That because Jesus died and rose again on the third day, because he defeated death, hell, and the grave, that because of that, that we have a living hope. And he reminded us to focus on the hope. But realize that pain is going to come. Life is going to hit you. So while you're focusing on the hope, make sure you put some purpose to the pain. That while we are having and experiencing pain, that if we would put purpose on it, that yes, the trials come and they refine us, but it allows God to define the calling and the mission that he has on our lives. And Peter said, focus on the hope and put some purpose on the pain. And, and last week he, he reminded us, he said, okay, but you got to give yourself some grace while you're doing this because you are being built. You're not done yet. That we're still in the middle. God is not through working in your life. You are being built. And not only are you being built, but you're being built on a firm foundation, which is Jesus. He is the rock. He is the cornerstone. He is our foundation. And as we are being built, we're being built on him. And it's all to glorify God. He reminded us that our purpose on this earth is to bring God glory. Well, my purpose is to make money. No, no, no. Your purpose is to make money, to give God glory. Well, my purpose is to have kids. No, no, no. Your purpose is to have kids and raise them that they would bring God glory. Well, my purpose is to have a big business. No, your purpose is that you would create a business that brings God glory. That our whole purpose is that we would bring God glory. And he continues, and, and one of the things I want to remind you is I hope you're reading along with us, that I hope you're not just showing up on Sundays and following along, but that you would actually be engaged in what God is trying to say to you. How many know that this isn't a book of what God has said, this is a book of what God is saying, that you can apply this to your life and your situation right now? So we say it all the time, you need to be in the Word every single day. We would, we would say start in Proverbs, read a Proverbs a day, today's the 15th, and so that would mean today we're reading Proverbs chapter 15, but I would encourage you to go a step further and read along with us through 1 Peter. Read the chapters with us. Today we're looking at chapter 3, and, 
and, and realize that this was a letter that, that Peter didn't actually put chapters in his letter, okay? He didn't actually say, okay, verse 3. What, no, 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 no. The, the we added that. Man added that later. But, but this is a letter, and it all goes together. And as we follow through over the next few weeks, that Peter has something to say to us, and it is continue. He's asking us to continue. And today we find ourselves in chapter 3. And before we dive in, why don't we all hold our Bibles up in the air I just want you to repeat this after me. We do it every week, and whether it's a phone or, um, or, your, or your actual Bible. I don't know if you have this leather and paper thing, but you probably should get one. They're amazing. Um, but, but, but the device works too. So hold your Bible up and just repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. Say, I am what it says I am. Say, I can do what it says I can do. Say, today I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit. Say, I'm ready to learn, to receive, and to apply. Say, from this day forward, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, everybody shout amen. Amen. We're in 1 Peter chapter 3. And I wonder if anybody has ever, uh, has anybody ever had their, their AC go out? Yeah, it's the worst. And uh, this last summer, uh, me and my wife, Bree, who's here on the front row, everybody give her a round of applause. Uh, we, 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 we bought a new house, and, and it was like we were super excited, and we got all moved in, and everything's going really well. And um, I believe I left with my dad to go out of town, and, uh, and I get these, these text messages, and, and Bree was working from home. Uh, with, with everything going on, she was stationed at home, so that's where she lived and worked and everything, and I started getting these text messages, and it's like, it's so hot in here, and, and my initial response is, then turn it down, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to do, you know, um, I'm miles away, and, uh, and they, keep, they just keep coming, it's, it's, it's so hot in here. It's so, I don't know what to do. Well, have you turned it down? Yes, Stephen, we've tried turning it down. Like, like I'm like, you know, and, and I, I sense the, the toot and the, and the I, I can sense the frustration. And, uh, and, and you know, I'm pro- I was just sitting in the car, AC's just blasting on my face. You know, I, I have no issues, you know. <laughs> I'm doing great. And, and, and finally she calls and she's like, Stephen, it is like 80-something degrees inside. And it's not only 80 degrees inside, it's like 90 to 100 degrees outside. So the, there is no relief. I can't go outside. I can't go inside. Like, it is terrible. And, 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 and so what, what, what I thought happened was, you know, we have that, that nest. Anybody have the nest thing? And, and it was really cool because you can control your thermostat from your phone. Like, like, you could be in bed and you're like, it is a little toasty in here. So let me whip this out and pop, pop, pop. And there you go. It's, it's starting to come down. And, and, and what, what happened was when we got the house, I set it up on my phone. And what I didn't know was that when I set it up on my phone, that, that it had this setting called away mode. So anytime I would leave the house, it would think no one is home and it would begin to raise the temperature so that we would save money. Okay, I'm helping us out. And so she's, she's, she's flustered. She's not having a good day, and she's calling me, and I look. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's on away mode, and it's set. So every time I leave, and, and so, well, let me fix that for you. Well, I fixed it, and unfortunately, it didn't help. Uh, it didn't help. What happened was our AC had froze over, and, and the AC went out. And, and I don't know how you guys respond uh, when it's hot, uh, when you're overheated, um, I, I know for me, um, I lose salvation. Um, I become carnal very fast, and I say things I shouldn't. My tone is way off, and uh, I get myself in a lot of trouble, and it's, it's because I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm hot. I'm uncomfortable. I, I don't want to be here. I, I, like, like, don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Don't, don't offer me any help. I don't, I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to be happy, okay? There's nothing that could possibly happen to change where I'm at in life, okay? I, un, unless the AC came on. And, 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 and today I want to talk to you from, from, the, from the, the topic of suffering. You know, we, we, we would use the term a lot like, oh, it's, it's, it's the, the heat's getting turned up, 
You know, the, 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 in life, it's getting hot in here. Uh, the election's on its way. It's passed. It, how many know that since the election, it has continued, the heat has continued to rise, that, that it's not cooling down anytime soon? And, and, and Peter is going to talk to us today about suffering. How many know that suffering is very similar to when the AC goes out or when you get into a car and it's hot outside and the first thing that happens is warm air bursts and you lose. It's like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be here. I'm uncomfortable. I'm not having a good time. And, and Peter is going to talk to us today about how to suffer well. And that's the exact response I knew I was going to get. I knew that was coming. (laughs) I don't want to talk about this. Yeah, but how many know that this is a part of life? That in this life, you will endure suffering. And it's on all different levels. That, that, that some, some people might not be suffering in the same level that other people are. But we will all face suffering. The, the word suffering, just to define it, is any unpleasant hardship that you ex- experience in this life. Any unpleasant hardship that you will experience in this life. And there's so many people, there's people in here watching, and there's people watching online, and there'll be people watching on YouTube later, and, 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 and there's people that I would assume that if we were to ask, how are you going, that you would say right now, currently, I am suffering. That in 2020, we are suffering. And maybe it's your marriage. Marriages have taken a hit in 2020. Pressure has come into marriages, people working from home, trying to figure out what are we going to do with the kids, where are we going to send them, they have no school. Marriages are facing suffering in 2020. Maybe it's, you could relate to friendship. Maybe there's a friendship that has suffered in this season, that because of everything that we are facing and because our society is so polarizing that you once had a friendship because of, but because of what someone said or what someone did that all of a sudden the friendship has begun to suffer. I can't believe they did that. I can't believe they said that. I can't believe they believed that. Maybe, maybe it's financial. Maybe this year it's, uh, you're suffering financially the job that you no longer are employed at. Maybe it's, it's at first it was kind of nice. I hear tons of stories of people who are making more money on unemployment than they were actually working their job. It's like, hey, this is really great, but after how long does that last? After how long does that sustain you? After how long can you just keep doing that? Or maybe the job that you gave so much of your life to the, the business that you, you invested in, it just simply no longer exists anymore. Maybe you're suffering physically. Maybe there's something physically in your body. Maybe you know people who have struggled with COVID. Maybe you know people who are struggling. Maybe you know somebody who, man, they, they didn't make it. Maybe you wake up every single day with that pain, and you have to endure it, and you have to live with it. Maybe you're suffering physically today. Maybe you're here and you're suffering in silence. You know, mental health has taken a big hit this season. Depression is on the rise. Anxiety is on the rise. Suicide is on the rise. And maybe you're here today and you're suffering in silence and you feel like I'm crying out for help, but no one is here to save me. No one can hear me. Nobody's on their way. You know, I, I, I was listening to a podcast, and um, this, this guy told this story. And he told this story about a gentleman who, who, who basically had everything going for him, and, and eventually it all came out, came crashed. He ended up in prison, lost everything, lost his, his business, lost his wife, lost, I mean, just lost everything. And, and he wrote a, a book about it, and he begins talking about it. And he said that one night, he was, uh, he, 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 he went to bed, and when he woke up, he, he had this fish tank, and he noticed that the fish were all dead the next morning, that he woke up, every one of them, and, and he was just like, what happened? So he called a, a specialist to come out, and the specialist comes out, and, and, and he says, okay, tell me what happened, and, and, and the specialist said, well, the, the, the temperature in the fish tank, it, it rose overnight, and that when it, when it did that, it, it became unlivable for the fish, and the fish 
you know, they, they didn't make it. And he said it was such a picture of what he was going through. That he said, I wonder if the fish began to cry out and I couldn't hear them. And I wonder if there's people in here today that you're crying out, help, I need somebody, I need something. And you feel like no one can hear you. The temperature is rising. That we live in a society where, guess what, we are going to face suffering. And I would encourage you with this today. That suffering is unavoidable, but continuing is achievable. The suffering is going to come, but you can continue. And this is the hope that we have today as we jump into what, what Peter has to say, that just because our exterior life may be crumbling doesn't mean that our interior life has to crumble as well. That just because the car broke down this week doesn't mean that your joy has to break down also. That just because the marriage has stress, it doesn't mean your hope and joy in Christ has to stress either. Come on, that this is what Peter is saying, that we can continue. That continuing is achievable. You will face suffering to some degree, but you can endure. You can continue. It reminds me of the story of, of, of the wise man and the foolish man, that one built his house on the rock and the other built his house on the sand. And the story goes that when the wind came and the storms came, that the one who built his house on the rock, his house stood. But to the one who built his house on the sand, when the wind and the storms came, that it came and washed his house away. And it's not talking about a physical house here. It's talking about a spiritual house. And Jesus is our foundation And we need to be building our life on the foundation of Jesus. That when the storms come, they're coming. When the waves decide to crash, they are crashing. That we can stand firm and we can stand tall and we can continue because Jesus is our foundation. You can't see foundations. But we need to make sure that we're strengthening the interior before we begin to address what's happening on the exterior. And Peter wants to be very practical. He wants to prescribe to us how we can build our life on Jesus. And 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, he says, finally, finally. He's saying this because of after everything that he said to us so far. Finally, after, after everything that we've talked about. So far after remembering that you have a living hope, that remembering that you need to focus on the hope and, and put some purpose to the pain and, and, and remember that you're being built. God's not done with you. To give yourself some grace and preach to yourself that I am being built on a firm foundation to glorify God. Peter is saying, finally, all of you. Who, who's he talking to? The church. He's talking to the church who's, who's about to face persecution and they don't even know it. They're, they're, they're in the middle of immense pressure and, and what's happening is, is the division out there is creeping into here and, and the arguments out there are, are beginning to become the arguments in here and he's saying, hey, don't, don't let the division out there become the division in here. Don't let the fights out there become the, the fights in here. And he says, finally, all of you must live in harmony. Listen, I've... I've uh, came to a spot in my life where I can say I honestly value working out, okay? Um, and, and I know not everybody can say that or even wants to say that. I've been through periods of my life where I could care less, but I come to a spot in my life where I, say, I can say I value working out. And, and part of the reason is because um, when, when, you, when you add discipline and you add consistency that you begin to actually see results and, and that makes it fun. And when you see results, how many know it's a lot better to see results if you're going to do something than to do it and not see results? That's why a lot of people quit. But, but I come to a spot where I value Working out, I, I, I do it. It's not just something that I, I say, but I actually apply it. I do it. I, I enjoy working out. And, uh, but, but I can also say that I do not value leg day, okay? Um, it, it, it's just one of those things. I know a lot of you are like looking at my legs right now. And you're like, ah, yeah, no, no, I do not value leg day. I, I hate leg day. I despise leg day. It's the worst. It's, it's so unpleasant and it's so unnecessary. But I don't know if you know this, but legs, your legs are some of the most foundational muscles in your body that you could exercise. 
Listen, it's, it has this thing called like unintended consequences. That, that, that I, I used to be in a spot in my life where me, me and my brother would go to the gym, and what day is it? It's chest day, baby. Every day is chest day. Chest and arms. And why? Because we really only care about that. But I got to a point where I had to realize that if I ever wanted my chest to get stronger, that I would have to work out my legs. See, when you work your legs out, they are actually one of the biggest muscles in your body. And when you work your legs out, it produces growth hormones that the rest of your body begins to use. Listen, it's, uh, it's unpleasant, but it is necessary that if you ever want to build a strong foundation, if you ever want the rest of your body to be strong and healthy, you must work your legs out. And Stephen, why are we talking about this? Because... Peter is telling us, listen, Peter says, I want to show you how to suffer well, but first, I got to take you through leg day. <laughs> what? Before we can learn how to suffer well, we have to realize that there are things, there's muscles that our spiritual bodies need to use. And in order to do that, we have to work our legs out first. Because what I do on Wednesday with my legs, my chest is benefiting from on Friday. It's kind of like going to church. That when we go to church, it's necessary for us to be together, for us to gather and worship. Why? Because we don't know what's coming on Tuesday. But thank God that we put the time in on Sunday, that we've gotten our hope, that we've built our strength up, that we've gotten the endurance that we need, because we don't know what's coming on Tuesday. It's unintended consequences. It's, it's, it's necessary, but it's unpleasant. And Peter is telling us that there's a muscle that we're going to have to exercise because in order to suffer well, we need this muscle to be strong. And he uses a simple phrase, live in harmony. Live in harmony. Harmony is a, it's a very cool word. It's a musical term. And what happens is harmony, in order for it to, to, to be effective, there needs to be more than one person. The one person would sing what's called the melody. The melody, if you ever hum while you're driving, you hum in the shower, you, most likely you're humming the melody. You're, you're not humming the harmony part. Um, you would, you're definitely humming the melody. And what happens is one person would sing the melody, and people would come around in a supportive role and would begin to sing harmony. And, and it produces this amazing, amazing sound, and, and it's harmony, and, and, and it requires more than one person. It requires us to be together and, and, and to live in harmony, and harmony is it's where, I mean, imagine we're singing these songs, and, 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 the, and the piano player comes up, and he plays, he plays a chord, and he, it's just beautiful, and then, and then the guitar begins to strum, and it, and it begins to accent, and then, and then the, we can't leave the bass player out. God forbid we leave the bass player out, and the bass player comes in, and brings the foundation and, and then vocals come in and they begin to sing and it's oh my gosh and, and then the drummer comes in and he puts a beat together and after a while it creates a beautiful song. It's harmony. Everyone playing their role, doing their part. It's harmony. Imagine if we are singing one of these songs and, and this is how I fight my battle and it's just so pretty and the piano's going. But imagine if if the drummer decided, you know what this song needs? <laughs> this song needs a little ACDC. <laughs> and you imagine, this is how I fight. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> and pretty soon he's off and doing his own thing. And, and I would guarantee that all of our eyes would be focused on the drummer. But our eyes would be focused on the drummer for the wrong reasons. See, this is living in harmony. That we are to be together. In order for it to be effective, we need to be together more than one person. And, and having people around you while you suffer is foundational. That listen, that we need each other. That we were not born, we were not designed, we were not created to do life alone. But we are created to do it in the context of relationships. This is foundational when it comes to suffering. This is the leg day that you need people in your life. If we are going to suffer well, we need people. It's a picture of what our faith looks like when we walk with one another. And I wonder if, if people are drawn to the church, but for all the wrong reasons right now. 
I wonder if people are looking at the church and they're looking at people who are saying, focus on me. Listen to what I have to say. I'm not walking in harm. I'm doing my own thing. And I wonder if we have a lot of people looking at the church for all the wrong reasons. You know, it's interesting. Um, I have some musical abilities, um, I'm, I, but I cannot sing. You know, we, we have fought, my brothers have fought about who's the better singer all of our lives because one of us has to have gotten my dad's abilities, like someone has to have it, but neither of us can really find it. Um, we, we're, we, we can't, uh, you, the last thing you want is me leading worship, me singing, and, but how many know that, that although I can't sing well, I can walk into a room and instantly hear when someone's not singing on key? I think we all can. You can instantly hear when someone, that's not right, <laughs> that I don't believe is where that goes. <laughs> you don't have to have good pitch to notice that the room is off key. Just like uh, the church can say we're walking in harmony, but an unbeliever can look and say, I don't think that's what that's supposed to look like. I don't think that that is what looking, walking in harmony is. We're supposed to be leading the body. That we're supposed to be leading the world. One, one person says that we don't tune the church to the world, but we tune the world to the church. That we should be leading the way. And I wonder as the world is, uh, looks upon the church that's facing pressure, and I wonder as the world looks upon the garden and the people of the garden that make up the church, I, I wonder if they're saying, hey, you're, you're saying one thing, but you guys are doing something totally different. I wonder if they're looking at us saying, I, I don't think that that's what you're supposed to be doing. Listen, they can tell when we are not walking in harmony. They can tell when there is disunity in the body. They can tell. And we are to be leading the way. We are to be giving the world our cues instead of taking the cues from the world. And Peter is telling us that we need to be the example the church is supposed to be leading the way of how we disagree, but don't disrespect. Of how you walk in gentleness, respect, and grace. So Peter's practical in his writing here. He says that you are to live in harmony. And he gives us a very simple way of how to do it. He says that this is how you live in harmony. You be sympathetic. You be sympathetic. Sympathy is an emotion. It's a feeling. That we are to be sympathetic with each other. The emotions, listen, we've preached it and we believe it that we are not led by our emotions. But God gave us them for a reason. So yes, we're not led by our emotions, but we should be aware of them. We should know what is going on. That we should know what our brothers and sisters are going through. That sympathy is important. That listen, to live in harmony means that we cry together. To live in harmony means that we laugh together. Means that we celebrate together. Means that we grieve together. Peter says if you're going to live in harmony, you have to be sympathetic. It's a must. He continues and he says, he says you need to have sympathy and you need to love as brothers. And, and I think that's really important there. He says, love as brothers. And, and does Peter have something against girls? Well, how come he can't love his sister? Well, because it's different. Listen, the Greek had multiple words for the word love. Like four of them. Is, they're, 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 there's phileo and, and agape and, and, and some other ones. And there's four of them, okay? Like, and, and we have, we, you know, we have, it's like, yeah, I love my wife and I love pizza. Like that's our, that's our definition of love. But, but, but Peter, what he's saying here is, is there's multiple types of love. And brotherly love is phileo. It's a, it's a deep friendship type of love. Now, I am one of, of three boys. I have two brothers. I know a little something about brotherly love, okay? Uh, one of my brothers is here. The other's not. He's a slacker, right? Listen, I, hey, listen, I can say that. 
He's my brother, okay? I can say that. We've grown up together. We have fought together. It's gotten physical. We've laid hands on each other. It wasn't for the ministry. If you know what I'm talking about, we have gotten physical. There might be even times where you hear me say something about my brother in the privacy of my own hall. I mean, TJ is really getting at me right now. He is really, man, if I could, TJ, (laughs) pay you back for that one time in eighth grade. Yeah, I'm just right there, yeah. But if you think that you can be in my presence and you can say something negative about one of my brothers, you have another thing coming. And that's what Peter is saying, that we are to have brotherly love. That, hey, this is my brother. That is my sister. That you can't, I'm not going to let that go down like that. That you can't just talk however you want about that. Why? They're my brother. That we love each other. Peter's saying that if you're going to suffer together, you have to love his brothers. Listen, we fight, but can I just tell you the conflict does not override the fact that we have community together. Together we are better, and the commitment is much greater than the conflict. We can disagree in private, but in public we honor, we respect He says, to be in harmony, we must be compassionate and humble. Compassion, it's an action. Sympathy is an emotion that we need to emotionally be connected to each other. We're to love as as brothers and and fight for each other and fight with each other. And and then he says, "But, but you must be compassionate. Compassion is an action word. That when Jesus had compassion, he was moved to action. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that God had compassion and it moved him to action. That we ought not just say we love each other, but we ought to show our love for each other. That we ought not just to say we're going to walk in harmony, but we must actually go into action and walk in harmony and walk in unity. That yes, you have emotional connection, but there must be action to it. He says to walk in harmony, you must be compassionate and Humble to walk in harmony, one of the key ingredients is living in humility. It's a preferring of one another. It's, it's putting others before yourself. It, it's, it's not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. That it's not just about me. It's not just what I can get from this. That we live in a society where it's, how can I get ahead? How can this move me forward? And Peter is saying that if you're going to have a foundation to suffer, that in order to walk in harmony, you must walk in humility. That we prefer others before ourselves. I thought we were going to talk about suffering. (laughs) We are, but before we address what's going on on the outside, we must first address what's happening on the inside. That we're walking with our brothers and sisters in the Lord, that we're, we're being sympathetic, that we're loving as brothers and being compassionate and humble. Because what we do today has consequences for tomorrow. That what happens now has unintended consequences later on. It's the foundation. This is leg day. <laughs> being compassionate, being humble. And Peter's laying a foundation for us. And Here's what must be in place first if you're going to suffer well. When the church is in harmony, the world is drawn to our melody. That when the church is walking in harmony, man, people are drawn to us. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. It's the goodness. And I wonder if the world is looking at the church right now saying, I don't see anything that's really good right now. But it's our job. Peter's writing to us. Finally, all of you live in harmony. And he's going to tell us that the things that we're doing that we need to do in private, that that what we're doing, we need to be building our life on Jesus, the firm foundation, that yes, the storms will come, and yes, suffering is on the way, and it's, it's, it's unavoidable, 
but continuing is achievable. Uh, but what we need to know is, is what he's, he's laying down for us right here, that this is leg a day, and to live in harmony, you got to get this because you're going to need muscles if you're going to respond correctly to suffering. And Peter's going to begin to show us right now how we suffer well, the how we respond well to suffering. And he's going to show us right here, number one, he says, he says, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, he says, Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. So number one, how do we respond well to suffering? Peter would say, be a blessing. How, how do we respond well when, when, when we begin to go through things that are unpleasant? Peter would say, be a blessing. That our knee-jerk reaction when somebody does something wrong is to repay evil with evil. But, but you know, unless we see God correctly, then we can't see others correctly. And if we don't see God correctly, we, we can't see ourselves correctly. And Peter is telling us, listen, everything about following God, everything about suffering well is going to go against your flesh. It's going to go against what you want to do. And Peter says, do you want to know how to suffer the right way? You, you, you want to look for an opportunity to be a blessing to someone. Do, do you want to suffer the correct way? Look to, to be a miracle to somebody else. I can't tell you how many times when someone has done something wrong, yes, our, our first reaction is, I am going to get them back. But when we do it God's way, it almost puts them at a, at a speechless spot. Have you ever noticed that? When, when someone cuts you off and a couple miles down the road you have the better spot and you can obviously tell they're trying to get in and so you just say, okay, you roll back and you let them get in and the look on their face is like, you should not have done that for me. When someone has done something wrong to you but you have decided to take the higher road and they come and they say, why did you do that? I didn't deserve that. That Peter is telling us to be a blessing for this is what you were called that you may obtain a blessing that when we bless others, God can bless us. Be a blessing. Paul says, he says, do not pay evil for evil, but on the contrary, repay evil with good. Do you really want to know how to take the knife out of your back and, and put it to some good work? <laughs> do, do you really want to know how to, how to get back at the person and get revenge? Do it God's way. Good. It's called forgiveness. Yeah, it, it's called forgiveness. And, and many of us are suffering right now, and it's because of unforgiveness in our own lives. The one person said that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping that the other person dies. Uh, another way to put it would be like uh, unforgiveness is like putting the innocent party in prison. Listen, there's people in here and there's people that are watching online and you are going through hardships right now and it's because of unforgiveness. And Peter would say, stop. Be a blessing. When I give blessings, I inherit blessings. Don't let the ugly in others kill the beauty in us. Number one, suffer well, be a blessing. Number two, Peter would say, stay clean. He says, do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless for this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. And verse 10 goes on to say, for whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. The next verse says, let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Peter's saying, you gotta check yourself, you guys. That you ought to 
look to be a blessing, but number two, that you need to stay clean. That we're living in a time where it's so easy to tell other people how you feel. It's so easy to tell other people what you're thinking. It's so easy that that word revile, it literally means an aggressive form of communication. Is that not what social media has turned into? Of just a, a whole place for revile, for, for aggressive communication. Let me tell you what I think. Let me tell you how you're wrong. And Peter would say, stay clean. How many times have, us, have we gone on, on social media and someone has said something and, and I can't tell you how many times I've gone to respond and I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to give them what I think. Like I'm going to, I'm going to, but somehow the Holy Spirit comes and begins to tap on your shoulder and, and pretty soon you're hitting the X mark and you're, 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 you're rewording it and, and, and then you go and you look at their profile and you realize that they're actually going through something pretty hard right now. And that the reason that they, they lashed out, the reason that they're hurting is, and that they're trying to hurt other people is because they're hurting. That hurt people hurt people. Peter says, stay clean. This has never been more practical for us in 2020 in America. Stay clean. Seek peace and pursue it. It doesn't say keep peace. It, it, says, it says, seek peace. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. Listen, I think a lot of us are good with, hey, I'll keep the peace. But, but Peter's calling us to go a step further. He's saying, make peace. Jesus is saying, make peace. That we should go out of our way to, to make peace and pursue it. My question, are you seeking peace? Are you pursuing it? Stay clean. And number three, he says this. Remember the Lord is watching. Verse 12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. Peter would say, if you want to respond well to suffering, number one, should be a blessing. Look to be a miracle for someone else. Number two, he would say, stay clean. Stay clean. God's looking for vessels to use, but they have to be clean. Clean of bitterness, clean of anger, clean of sin. God wants to use you to, to, to make peace. Number three, he would say, if you want to, to respond to suffering well, to remember the Lord is watching. He sees it. Can I just tell you that God sees where you're at? That his perspective is better than ours? He sees it, and, and there might be people here that say, God, I don't understand. It, it hurts. It's unfair. It's not right. But we know God's watching. We, we know he sees, and he hears us. How comforting is that? That God sees you, and he hears your prayers. And this is David. He, Peter is, 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 is basically quoting David in Psalms chapter 34. And David is on the run for his life. And if you want a picture of suffering, that this is where David's at right now. Is He's running from his life. His mentor is trying to kill him. The whole nation is against him right now. He has nobody. And he's running for his life. And he gets to the spot. And it says that he begins to act like people thought he was insane. That he's on this verge of, of a breakdown. And, and, and from there, David says, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. He can hear me. David, a picture of, of what suffering looks like, and, and not just suffering because we did something, something dumb, but suffering for doing something good. That David was just doing what God asked him to do. And how many know that David could have taken the matters into his own hands? That David had an opportunity to take Saul out on his own. But David said, no, 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 no. The eyes of the Lord are watching me. 
that when we suffer well, that when we respond the way that God would have us respond, that when we get people around us and we're walking in harmony and in unity, and when we bless others and when we stay pure, that God sees us. God sees you. I remember this one time, I don't really remember, I've, I've just been told the story. Uh, TJ was, was my little brother and he was younger and he went out to my parents' car and uh, he had, he had spray, spray paint and uh, he knelt down by my mom, she, uh, she had a, a Taurus wagon and uh, he began to um, color correct her, uh, her, her side panel on her car and I don't know how long he was out there but the story goes that uh, my dad came out and was walking and, and TJ made eye contact with my dad TJ stopped and dropped the paint cans stood up stopped what he was doing he says he said dad it's okay <laughs> it's okay dad I didn't paint your car <laughs> you know <laughs> and, <laughs> And it's funny. <laughs> but how many know that when we know our Father's watching, that when we know He's watching and He sees us, that we begin to act differently? You know, today as they were beginning to, to worship, and this is just a random thought I had, but I, as they were warming up and I was, I was in here, and I just began to think, what would, how would we, rehearse if we knew that Jesus would come today like how how would we get ready for church if we knew the father was going to be there how would you respond when people do things against you if you knew that Jesus was sitting right there with you. Remember that the Father is watching. Verse 13. I don't know if they have verse 13. They might. Yeah. It says, now who is there to harm you if you're zealous for what is good? The next verse says, but even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear, nor be troubled. He, he says, he says, basically what Peter's saying is, listen, if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're set to do good, you're probably not going to endure suffering. Like if you're doing good, if you're doing what you're supposed to, you're probably not going to endure suffering. But even if you do, you will be blessed. Not in this world, but in heaven ever after. He says, have no fear. That we don't have to be afraid. That we don't have to, isn't that a word for somebody today? That you don't have to walk in fear? That we are no longer slaves to fear? That we don't have to be afraid of what the world is afraid of? Why? Because we have the solution. It's Jesus. You don't have to be afraid of a pandemic. You don't have to be afraid of suffering. Because rest assured that even if you face it, you can continue. This message isn't to, to, to scare you. Like, oh my gosh, we're going to suffer. It's gonna, no, it's to encourage you that suffering is unavoidable, but continuing is achievable. There's more to this life than just a, a, an election. There's more to this life than just a, a pandemic. There's more to this life. It's not temporary. It's eternal. The heaven can begin right now. We don't have to fear. In verse 15, he continues. It says, but in your hearts, honor Christ, the Lord is holy. In your hearts, not just with what you say, but in your heart. Why don't we have everybody put their hand on their heart? 
In your hearts, honor Christ. The Lord is holy. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. I think this is super, super important. You know, it says, always being prepared to make a defense. And that's where we get the word apologetics. And it's important to know our Bibles. It's important to study our Bible. That's important for you to to know. But please don't miss the point. No one has ever been argued into the kingdom of God. That we're so busy trying to win arguments, and we should be busy trying to win people. He says, but in your hearts, honor Christ, Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense for anyone who asks for a reason for the hope that you have. Always be prepared. So when I read this, he says, be prepared. It's, there's God who has a bigger vantage point, and God who knows the whole story. And I know that every time I go through a season of suffering, and the, the, the suffering is creating a stage. And that's what I love about this, that be prepared to make a defense that even when I go through the suffering, the suffering is is building a stage. And it's a stage for God to get glory. It's a stage for God to be able to show up, but it's also a stage for us to be able to to stand on. And I can stand on this stage and encourage you to continue. My reason is not an argument. And it's not because life is easy, but the reason for the hope that I have is because, not because of the absence of suffering, but because of the presence of a Savior. Because of the presence of a Savior. You know, I wanted to share this story, and uh, You know, earlier this year, I believe it was in May, uh, me and my wife found out that we were expecting. And we're super excited about it. And, uh, you know, the, the joy that you have when you find out, oh my gosh, we're going to be parents. And, uh, you know, we, we, the, to be able to tell our family and share and the excitement and it was, it was a couple months later, a couple doctor appointments later, we got the call that Called that we had a miscarriage. And, and I'm not. The point of, of, of telling the story is not that people would feel sorry for us, it's not that people would show us pity, you, you know, that we would be bombarded with, oh my gosh, we're so sorry. No, can I tell you that? The reason I can stand here, that the reason I can I can say continue, that the reason for the hope I have is not because we will not face suffering, but because although it's on its way, that we can continue. Can I tell you that the reason I can stand on this stage is because suffering built it for me? And because of that, that the misery that I have can become the greatest ministry that God will use in our lives? Can I tell you that God can use you? That God can use the suffering. God can use the brokenness. God can use the hurt and the pain in order to help other people. And Peter is telling them, listen, 
You have to respond well to suffering because other people's lives depend on it. And it's with gentleness and respect that we're not here to light the world on fire. That we're here to lead as an example of what God can do. That when we respond well, He is so faithful. He is so good that there is a hope that is so much greater than what you're going through. So maybe you're here today and maybe you're facing suffering. Whether it's financial, relational, whether it's silent, you're, you're crying out, but you feel like no one is there. Can I just tell you that you may feel like no one is there to help you, but the great I am has never left or forsaken you? So if you're here, I want to pray a prayer of encouragement. I, I want to pray a prayer of, of endurance over you. If you're here today and, and you could say, yes, I am suffering, would you let me pray for you? Not that my prayer can change everything, but I know the God who can, who, who, who can help us continue, that the, he's the great comforter, that he is there to help mend the brokenhearted. So that's you and you're here and there's suffering in your life and, and you're, you would say, yes, I am here. Would you just stand to your feet? Because I, I don't think it's just a couple of us. I think many of us can relate to this. That if you're here and, and 2020 has been a year of hardships, it's been a year of, of inconvenience that I don't know if I can keep going. Can I just pray for you? If you're watching online, would you just put a hand up? We're going to pray for you too that we are together. That the Spirit of God has no boundaries. That he can go through the screen and touch your life. God, I just thank you for every single person who's standing. God, I thank you that you see them. God, that you hear their prayers. God, I thank you that although they are facing this suffering, God, I thank you that through you we can do all things, that we can continue, that we can take a step forward, that although the world tries to knock us back, God, I thank you that we are standing on the firm foundation that is Jesus, your son. God, I thank you that they can continue. I thank you that they can endure. God, I thank you that you are not done in their life. And God, I thank you that the hope that you have far outweighs the pain that they're dealing with. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just take a seat, if you're in this room and maybe you haven't had the opportunity to give your life to Jesus, can I just tell you that, <laughs> that now is the best time that you could ever make this decision? I cannot think of a better scenario for one to say, Jesus, I need you. I can't think of a better season of life for us to cry out to God. I can't think of a better moment than now for us to say, God, I'm gonna give you my life. And if that's you and you've never made that prayer your prayer, can I just tell you that together we're gonna say that prayer as a family, as a body, we're going to say it together. And if you're here and you'd like to make that prayer your prayer, I'm going to ask everybody to close their eyes and bow their heads. But if that's you, just go ahead and put your hand up in the air. We're not going to call you out, embarrass you, anything like that. Just throw your hand up in the air. Thank you. That is awesome. If there's anybody else, thank you. You want to make this prayer your prayer, just throw your hand up in the air. Thank you. If you're watching online, just go ahead and type yes in the comments and let, let us know. And, we're going to pray this prayer together because this is how we walk in harmony, together. So why don't we all in harmony 
repeat this prayer. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your Son to die for me. Today, I make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. Come into my heart, make me new, make me clean. Today, I choose to live for you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Church, can we give them a round of applause? Come on, people just gave their life to Jesus. We're so honored and so thankful. If you're here, um, we, we have, and you prayed that prayer, maybe it's your first time, maybe you're watching online. If you're watching online, we just pinned a, a, com- a, a link in the comment section below. It's a connection card. And if you're in the building, on the backs of the seats in front of you, there's QR codes. You could just get your phone out, take a picture to pull a link up, and it sends you to a connection card. If you can't figure it out, our info center would love to help you out on your way out. But if you prayed that prayer, we would just ask that you would take a second and fill that connection card out because it lets us know that you decided to join the body, that you decided to join the family. And can we tell you what we want to do with that? We want to begin praying for you right now because we know that life is on the other side of those doors. That when you leave this room and you decide to go home and you go to work and you go to where, that life is on its way. But you can continue. You can endure. You can keep going. And you can be who God has called you to be. And we want to pray for you and believe with you and stand with you. So please, if you're watching online, fill out that connection card. If you're in the building, get your phone out and and take a picture of that QR code or stop by the info center. What an amazing Sunday and you know, there's, there's talk right now of today at a, uh, in a few minutes, there's a press conference and oh my gosh, we might be shutting back down. And I had someone ask me like, well, what about the series? Like, oh my gosh, what are we gonna do? Like if we shut down and what's gonna happen? And I said, well, well what'll happen is I'll probably have to get online next week and say, you know what? We didn't know that we were going to get shut down. So if we knew, we would have picked a different title. You know, it would have been a continual. We wouldn't have done this series if we knew that we would go backwards. No, you know what we're going to do? Continue. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep moving forward. Why? Because this building doesn't represent who we are. That we are the church.